0: Good morning again. Good to see you all here today. I want to welcome those that are with us online. Love that you can worship that way. Hey, before we jump into the message, just a couple of things. I want to share this past week. Amber and I, we missed out on Wednesday night, unfortunately. And uh, so if you haven't been a part of Wednesday night prayer, had a great time of worship and prayer this past Wednesday night, we have an opportunity again this Wednesday. We're doing it for uh, two more weeks. And so we'd love for you to join us from 6.30 to 8 o'clock right here in this room Wednesday night as we take time to make space to be with God. Uh, But Amber and I were away uh, for a couple of days. We were part of this uh, retreat conference thing. We were learning about a new partnership we're going to have. As Hunter shared... Uh, Kingdom Builders is kind of our above and beyond giving, right? We have our normal tithes and offerings that we bring, but above and beyond, some of you give extravagantly, give generously, and with that, we're able to do a, some sponsoring of just a few special things for our our uh, kids and youth throughout the year. We're also given invest in projects all around the world, and uh, we got to hear from an organization we're going to be partnering with this next year called Project Forty Two, that is bringing the gospel to the forty two percent of the world that have no access to the gospel, and uh, there are still forty two percent of the world that have no not just like like no access to the gospel. And this next year, I'm so excited that we're gonna to get to partner with us. We'll be wrapping up our year for Kingdom Builders here in the next few months and then launching some new things for 2021. And so be looking forward to some of those things, all right? In addition, I got tan, so that was awesome. Because <laughs> it wasn't in Minnesota, so praise the Lord for that. Anyways, uh, so uh, I'm excited we get to continue with the series uh, that we've been in, an election-proof faith. As we've been saying, our, you know our desire around here It's to challenge us that in a time where it seems like people are getting sideways in things, that we would stay committed to what matters most. That our faith in Christ would be firm, that our allegiance to him would be foremost, and that it wouldn't just be something we talk about, but it would be something that we live out. Amen? So that's, that's what we're talking about. And so uh, as we get in this morning question, how many of you like kitchen or cooking shows? How many you like cooking shows? Any cooking show people? Okay, some of you like the cooking shows. I love cooking shows, actually. When I was a kid, I used to love cooking shows. Some of you are old enough to remember this lady, the Judah, Julia Child. How many of you remember this lady, right? You know, the godmother of, of cooking shows. But then for me, I was a PBS kid. Any other PBS kids? When I was a kid, I watched PBS all the time, right? And there was the first one was Jan Can Cook. Anybody remember Jan? Who can Jan Can Cook? Okay, and then this guy, the Frugal Gourmet, Anybody remember the frugal gourmet? This guy? Anybody remember this guy? He looks like the Colonel, right? He was awesome. I love the frugal gourmet. But then we had, there's Emerald. Any Emerald fans out there? We got Emerald, a couple Emerald fans. Bam, exactly. We got Gordon Ramsay. He's angry all the time, but whatever. That's cool. And then we got Rachel Ray. Some of you are Rachel Ray fans. I don't know. And then there's a show, Top Chef, Master Chef. Anybody seen those, right? And then they got, the, they got the one that has the kids cooking, right? Does that make anybody else feel bad about themselves? You're like six and you're amazing, <laughs> and like, cause i really like, because I love the idea of this, you know, but you put me in a kitchen, like I can brown beef, you know, I can fry a piece of chicken, I can make mac and cheese, that's about what I can do in a kitchen. I love the idea of cooking, but I don't really know how to do it, right? I don't know how it works out practically, and I think love can be the same way, we love the idea. We talked about this last week. We talked about this idea of a self-sacrificing, kind of lay-down-your-rights kind of love, the kind of love that looks like Jesus, and it seems good, it seems noble, it seems like the right thing. Like, yeah, we should do that. How do we do that? Like, what does that really look like in my day-to-day life? When the nuts and bolts of everyday lives, because we don't live in la-la land, do we? Like, things don't always go well. Like things are hard sometimes, circumstances don't work out the way we want them to, and how do we function in a loving way? Honestly, the people that we're called to love can be really annoying sometimes, and yet we're supposed to love them. Like how do we do this? What is a way that we can do this when the pressure of life is happening at home, at work, you know, other interactions, how do we do this thing called love? This morning we're going to look at a passage, a very specific application of what love looks like. This is really a how-to message. I don't preach a lot of how-to messages, but this is a very clear how-to that we see in, in Scripture, and I think it's something you can take away and start a playing like today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can actually start doing this thing today. I think it'll impact your personal relationships, but hear this. At a time where our world is struggling with this, probably more than any other time I've seen, I think that this has the potential to transform our witness both individually and our corporate witness. And if we could get a hold of this, we could actually look like the church God desires us to look like. All right? So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, even though it's a how to, I'm not pulling it out of my how to's. I'm looking straight from Scripture. What is he teaching us? James chapter 1, if you got that, would you stand with me across the room? It's our tradition around here. Nothing sacred about standing, it's just what we do. James chapter 1, verse number 19. We're just going to read one verse. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. We thank you that you do speak to us, Lord. This isn't just some ideas out there. God, you want to speak to us individually. So give us ears to hear what your spirit would say. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Well, if you missed last week's message, I would encourage you to go back and watch that message as it's foundational. Kind of, We're going to take last week and this week and next week are all kind of like a mini-series in the context of this uh, little bit bigger series that we've got going on. But last week, I gave you a big so what, a really clear one, and this was it. It's like is a reflex, love is a habit. Like is a reflex, love is a habit. Like is a reflex. We don't have to think about whether we like or dislike things. It's just a reflex. You walk into a room, you start meeting some people, and you're like, I like them, I don't like them, I like them. You eat some food. You don't have to think about it. You either like it or you dislike it. It's a reflex. It's neither good nor bad. It just is. It's what's natural that comes out of you. But We said this. Love is not a reflex. Love is a habit. Love takes effort. Love takes work. It's something that will demand things of you. Love is a habit. Like we, we can't just hope that someday we're going to wake up and suddenly like the people that we dislike right now. Like that doesn't happen. It's probably not going to occur. The only way things are going to change in that relationship is if one day you wake up and say, I'm going to put on the habit of love. I'm not going to wait for my feelings to show up. How many remember the old Verizon, the 90s Verizon commercials? Can you hear me now commercials? You remember those commercials? That guy worked for Sprint now, I guess. But uh, can you hear me now? Okay, This was back in the 90s, young people, back when phones were used to make phone calls. You remember those days? <laughs> and to play pong. That was about the extent that your phone could do. But... Phone, that's all they did And the whole premise of this commercial If you remember this Remember Verizon was building the first all-digital network Because back then, your phone calls were bad It would get, you know, messed up, bad signal Your phone calls would get dropped on a regular basis And they are building this network And you could go anywhere Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now That's the whole point And they were playing on this idea of how important And how critical communication is Because when there's a barrier When things start breaking up Suddenly this relationship starts falling apart Things get difficult for us. Things get challenging for us. And communication matters. We know that. Communication matters a whole lot. But why does it matter? I think there's some very clear reasons. But there's there's a reason that we don't think about a lot, and it's this. How we communicate reveals our willingness to really love someone. See, how we communicate, it reveals whether or not we're really willing to love them. Because if love is a habit, it's probably going to mean that we can't communicate the way that's natural to us. Now, how we communicate on a normal, everyday basis is usually a reflex. Remember we talked about like as a reflex? A lot of our communication is just a reflex. You don't think about how you listen, you don't think about how you speak, you just do. You're operating all about your day. And all of us were raised differently. Some of you come from families that are quiet, some of you come from the talk about everything, some of you are introverts, some of you are extroverts, some of you are wired, different. all those different things, right? We're all different and we communicate differently based on that, right? And so we go about our life, and that's fine, because I don't think we have time to sit and process every single moment of every single day. Sometimes we're just living our lives, right? But here's the problem. Too often when the pressure turns up, we don't make any changes. We keep responding, we keep communicating with the reflexes that we always do. And we've already determined that they're relatively thoughtless reflexes. We're not thinking about how we communicate. We just are. We're reacting so often. Think about it in your own lives. Think about it in your marriage. Think about it, you know, in your families. Think about it with kids. Think about it at work. How often our responses, our communication is just a reflex. For good or for bad, it's just a reflex. We're not thinking about, we're not always doing, if we, if we had really thought about it, we probably wouldn't have done it that way, but we responded out of our normal reflexes, right? How many saw the first presidential debate? Anybody seen that? I'm not gonna get into the politics of that, but it felt like a you know a you know a Sunday school teacher trying to get, beat you know two little two-year-olds who were just yelling at one another, you know? It's like, okay, could you, could you stop fighting, guys? Everybody's fighting. And everybody was responding reflexively in that experience. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. Nobody was thinking, nobody was processing, they're just reflexively responding toward one another. And and as, as painful as that was, at least for me to watch, I don't know about you, as painful as it was to watch that. What it, what it did was kind of embody what I feel like our culture looks like right now. Nobody's listening. Everybody's talking. Right? You think about it. You see it happen in real life? You know, you see it happen online? Everybody's just responding. Everybody's talking. Nobody's listening. Right? And so what I want to do is I want to ask this question this morning is, what if we didn't always communicate reflexively? What if instead we communicated intentionally? What if we actually did something on purpose? And I think that's what James gives us. James gives us a pattern here. That's a pattern both for communicating, but I also think it's a pattern for loving. Because again, our communication impacts how we love one another, all right? So uh, I want you to put this up on the screen. If you got it in your Bibles, that's great. Here's the passage we looked at. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Here's my hope is I want you to memorize these three things. So you're gonna say it out loud with me. Say it with me. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, all right? So we're going to walk through this and, and talk, okay, how does this really impact us? Point number one is this, quick to listen. What are you quick to do? Think about it. Not in your everyday life, but when the, when the pressure comes, right? When you enter in those, what are you quick to do? I think for some of us, we're quick to react. Some of us, we are quick to ignore things. Sometimes we're quick to assume things about people. Right, Make assumptions, whether they're true or not, that we are very quick to do that. And the challenge here is that we would be quick. He wants you to be quick to do something. It's just not the thing we normally do, and it's too quick to listen. Key word here is listen. Because we do a lot of hearing and not a lot of listening. <laughs> like I hear what people say. I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm, I, I can hear what people say. Am I really trying to listen what they say think about it with my kids you know I've learned something with my kids if I want them to listen to me they need to look at me right because I get the, I get this a lot yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah right? <laughs> kids look at me look Asher look at me okay now we can talk right <laughs> Because he's not listening until I know I have his attention. And, and this is what we're called to do, to be quick to listen. But here's adults. Adults, this is hard for us because we're on, a, we're on a need-to-know basis in life. We got enough stuff going on. How many busy out there, right? We're all busy. We got stuff happening. Like, I don't have time to listen to everything. And so we really only pay attention to the things that we think really matter to us. But what he's saying is, listen, I get that. But you got to be ready. It's like you're on edge, ready to listen. Going about your day, you're in that conversation, and you're not. You're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to listen. I need to engage myself. I need to be ready with my kids. I need to be ready with that neighbor. I need to be re- whatever it is. You're quick. You're on edge. You are ready to go. So that's the first step. Would be quick to listen, but the second one we want to look at is this: slow to speak. Slow to speak. I think we're usually quick to speak and slow to listen. Anybody relate? (laughs) I usually do those backwards, but whatever. How many of you know an interrupter? A sentence interrupter. You know a sentence, and you know what I'm talking about? You're talking, and before you're done, they start talking. I'm like, hey, okay. Could you let me finish my sentence, please? Right? It drives me crazy. But then there's also, like, the sentence finishers. How many know a sentence finisher? Anybody know those people? Those people drive me crazy. You don't know my sentence. Let me finish my own sentence for you, Okay? But thats I think even if we aren't those people, we do those sometimes. Where When someone else is talking, what are we doing? We are formulating our response. We're not actually listening to what they're saying. No, we're, we're getting ourselves ready. I'm ready. As soon as they take a breath, I'm in, right? I'm ready to go. I got my argument. I'm ready to go at this thing. And I've got a really, really deep question, especially when the pressure gets turned up, especially in those tense moments. It's a really deep question I want you to contemplate. It's this. What if we would just shut up? Like what if we would just shut up? What if rather than saying, man, I'm here cause I got something to say, what if we would just shut up? I'm telling myself this because I struggle with this one, all right? Those who know me, well, you know, I'm an analytical person. I process everything. I think things through. I'm very intentional about why I do things. There's not a lot of my life that's haphazard. Like, I have, I have thought it all through, and I have determined what the most effective and efficient way to do pretty much everything is, okay? And if you don't know, ask me, okay? <laughs> I will tell you the best way to do it, all right? It's one of my downfalls in life. Okay, but but because of that, I, I just I feel like it's my responsibility to make sure other people know that, right? Like I need to I need to tell you. I've already figured this out for you, you know? But what what if I would just shut up sometimes? What if I would I would I would pause and say, you know what? My first step, there's a place for me to share. There's a place for me to insert my thoughts and my opinions, and there's a place for you to do that as well. But what if that wasn't our primary goal? What if saying, i got to get my stuff across, if that wasn't the primary goal? I shared something similar to this last week, and I think this is something we need to contemplate. What if the foundation of our communication wasn't about convincing, but about loving? Sometimes there's times where we need to convince, right? We need to share things. We need to talk to people. But what if that wasn't the main goal? What if the foundational goal is, how can I love? Oh, I might be convincing, but that I would never do one without the other. You get what I'm saying here? You say, God, help, help me to love. And I think very often the best way that we can do that is when we take steps to listen. We shared this last week, that what does it look like when we love? We have compassion, kindness. You remember this list, humility, gentleness, patience, these kind of things. What if, what if those were the things that were emblematic of us? Not, not that we're out sharing all our thoughts all the time. What if we just stop and say, hey, I'm gonna be slow to speak. I'm gonna try to, I wanna hear what you have to say. I wanna be slow to speak myself. That I don't just rashly jump out there and share everything I got to say at every moment. What if we would choose to love first? But then we get to the third point. It's this, that we would be slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. We have an offense problem in this world and in our nation for sure. Not an offense problem, an offense problem, okay? An offense problem. We get offended so easily, right? We get uptight. If people say something, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight right now. What did you just say, you know? We're all that way to some extent, you know? You stepped on my toe. I'm mad about it right now. You said something, you, talk, you talked about somebody, you, and sometimes it isn't even our thing, because we can get offended because they have spoken something directly to us, but sometimes we can get offended because they've talked about something that we like or we value, right? And it isn't even about us, but we take an offense on. We can get mad about that. Now, there's a, that's a whole nother sermon that we need to deal with, because we're actually destroying ourselves rather than anybody else. We think by being offended, like, they're gonna pay for it. No, 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 you're gonna pay for that <laughs> when you take that offense on. You're, pay, you're the one paying that price. But hear this. Once we feel offended or once we get angry in response to something, we stop listening. Because we've gone from a receiving mode to an attack mode, to a defensive posture where we're, we're, we're shooting back now. And the moment we stop listening is the moment we stop loving. We said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not coming at you. I'm no longer receiving anything. I'm not trying to hear what you. I'm not trying to hear your perspective. I'm not trying to hear anything. I'm trying to come back at you. Right. This can happen. I think for all of us, uh, we can have these types of experiences. But I know that Amber and I, you know, we deal with these on a fairly regular basis as pastors. When you're a pastor, uh, how many know everybody that we work with in churches is broken in some way, just like I am. We're all imperfect. We all have issues. We all have challenges. And a lot of times as pastors, we can be those safe people that people will come to. And unfortunately, sometimes they will unload on us, and we might be the, bear, the ones who take the pain they've experienced in some way. And the thing that we have to constantly remind ourselves is when people ever want to speak to us or come at us or maybe vent something, some frustration, some anger, it's very easy for us in our flesh to want to respond, you know, to get in defensive posture, right? I think any of us would want to do that the challenge we constantly have to remind ourselves is let's meet the person where they are, right? Let's recognize that there is hurt. You, you ever heard the cheesy phrase, hurt people, hurt people, right? That happens, right? When I've been hurt, I've hurt other people in the process. And, and the, the challenge that we have is in those moments when we want, to, we want to get angry, they've said something mean, they've been cruel, it's very easy for us to react I'm, forget your home. That's easy to do that in your home. But even with other people, people that you don't have, if they come at you, it's so easy to respond in anger, to respond in frustration. But the challenge for us as followers of Christ, if we are going to be those who love in a selfless, self-giving kind of way, is to lay ourselves down and say, I'm, I'm going to be slow to anger. I'm not going to look to respond immediately. No, I'm going to stop. I'm going to meet people right where they are see this message here is a very obviously is a very simple practical message I think every one of us can take this quick to listen slow to speak slow to become I think you could apply this in in your relationships today and you would begin to see an impact I could start doing this better today and I could see an impact in my relationships but this is more than just a, a basic relationship principle I think that this impacts our calling how so because I think the very best way to love someone is to allow them to feel heard the best way to love someone is is to be willing to meet them where they are, that's right. right? I think all of us, we, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. That's, a, that's just this an innate desire that every single one of us has. And if we want to be able to share the love of Christ with people, one of the best ways we can do that is to not treat you as just a cold number, but to actually allow you to be heard, to meet you where you are. You want to want to? wonder why this is so powerful is because when we do that we are embodying the gospel because right. what does the gospel say the gospel doesn't say clean yourself up and then i will come to you No, the gospel says i will meet you where you are in all of your mess and all of the brokenness and all of your hurt and all, all the mistakes and all the regrets that you have in your life if you will turn to me i will meet you in the middle of that junk You don't gotta wash yourself off first. You don't have to try to make yourself perfect first and then maybe God will like you. No, he will meet you there. And many of us in this room, that's where we were. Think back to that moment. Think back to the moment when you first turned to Christ. You were a disaster. (laughs) When you think about it, so many of us were a disaster, utter disaster. And you think, oh, you're just saying that to us. No, I was a disaster. Amber was a disaster. Half of my board were drunks when they came to Christ. Okay? We were all disasters. But guess what? Christ met us there, and He saved us, and He's redeemed us, and He's making us new. And some of you maybe walked in the door this morning, and I would bet there's some of you watching online, you didn't walk in the door this morning because you didn't feel like you deserved to walk in the door. Some of you are here this morning, you feel like, I don't know if God will meet me in my mess. Guess what? He will. I don't care what you're enduring right now. I don't care what pains you're experiencing. I don't care the the destruction in your life. I don't care the addiction you are dealing with right now. I don't care the burdens you're holding, the anxiety you're holding, the fears that you hold the regrets you have the skeletons you have in the closet do not matter Christ will meet you where you are he will that is the joy of the gospel it is the hope of the gospel you cannot run too far away from him he will meet you there he won't leave you there but he will meet you there and when we as followers of Christ will humble ourselves and say, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to prove how right I am and how perfect I am. No, I'm willing to just, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I will meet you where you are, and in doing so, I will be the hands and feet of Jesus. Many of you are familiar with the prayer. Of uh, Saint uh, Francis of Assisi, this where he says, "Not seeking to be understood, but seeking to understand." I think this is a this is a lost art in our world where we stop and say, "God, I, I have things I want to say for sure, but God, my starting point is a position of humility and love that I would embody what Christ did for me." Right. So, I want to get to our big so what. We always say this, big so what, well, what's the point of this thing? If you forget everything else I said or if you've been sleeping the whole time, here we go. Big so what for this morning is this, love with your ears. I wanted to steal the M&M's line, love with your ears, not with your mouth, okay? Love with your ears. What if we would choose to do that, to be intentional, not just to react like everybody else does because our whole world is reacting right now. Nobody's being thoughtful in the way they respond, in the way they communicate. Everybody's just reacting, all that. What if we would stop and say, no, we're not going to act like every. We can't behave like everybody else because we're followers of Christ. We've got to do things different. And what if we really did that and we said, God, I want to love people with my ears because I I think there's power in this. Because when you love with your ears, you actually can reach a person's heart. You're meeting that deepest need you're you're coming to them in a place where they just desperately desperately need and like I said, I think this can be a witness so let's talk just for for two minutes here. How does this flesh out in our normal lives? How does this work in things right now okay let's take the most obvious situation we're encountering right now into our politics and our election season right We're in a time where everybody's yelling and nobody's listening all right and that's fine we've got I've got strong opinions as well. you may not think this, but I've got strong opinions as well. But you know what my first call to do? is to love people. To love people, to care, to meet people where they are. What if we would do that? What if in a world where everybody's looking at everybody just screaming and being crazy, what if we would be those people who say, that person doesn't act like everybody else does? What if people would look at us as a corporate body and say, whoa, this is a group that acts differently that loves deeply, that isn't responding like everybody else is. No, they look different. Shouldn't that be what we look like? Shouldn't we look different? Shouldn't we respond differently? Shouldn't people say, wow, that's not normal, <laughs> in a good way, okay? Just in case you wonder. But I think there's obviously far more application than that. Some of you have people in your lives Outside of your homes, you've got those people on the job, kids at school. What if you would take these principles and apply them? What if you would be the person who was ready to listen? When everybody else wants to mock that person who's going through something, what if you're the one who actually goes and meets them and allows them to share their heart? What if you became that person around the office where everybody said, you know what? They don't always agree with me, but they always listen." And I always feel hurt and I know they really care about me. What if you became known for that around the office? What if you started making an impact that way? I think there's just amazing ways that we can impact people's lives by doing this. But then I take it this principle and we apply it to our homes, some of our closest relationships. And I know know that Amber and I would have a stronger relationship if I would embody this truth more frequently. There are still too many times in our relationship where I want to respond with my bad reflexes. And what if we could take these? My guess is there's some some marriages in this room this morning. You're struggling. You're at the drop of a hat. You guys can fight about just about anything. What if you both would make the decision, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry? God, help me to embody the kind of love that you've already given me. Like I said, Christ met us. Could we do the same for others? There's one last application, though, that I wanna give to you. And this is really where the rest of this passage goes if you wanna read it later on, but how about our relationship with God? Think about it. How often are you quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry with Him? Because there's a lot of times where I don't make any space to listen to God. Like I come and I'm like, I got my stuff to say, God, here's all my stuff, okay, I'm gonna go back to my life, right? And if he does say something and it challenges me all, I'm like, no, nah, don't talk to me like that. I don't want to hear that. Let me just go back to doing what I want to do. But what if instead of that, what if we, we have the same attitude toward God? We say, God, I've come to you not for any other reason. I just want to listen. I don't want to just hear. I'm not, I'm not opening my Bible so I can read my one chapter and check my box so I've heard your word. No, God, I want to listen to what you have to say to me today. Would you speak to me? hear your voice today God would you speak this directly to my life and God I'm gonna give space I'm not gonna try to just respond I want to listen Lord and God even if you pin my ears back a little bit because there's something wrong in my life even if you you start meddling with the stuff I don't want it I don't want you to meddle with I'm not gonna get mad I'm gonna say God okay I'm yours help me to respond in humility what would happen if that just became the norm in our lives I think it could change some situations. I think it could change relationships. I think it could change your eternity for some of you. As we say, God, we wanna listen. We wanna listen to you. I gave you one cheesy statement already. I'll give you another one. You you ever heard the one, we got two ears and one mouth, right? So we should probably listen twice as often as we speak. That's cheesy, but it's true. (laughs) What if we would listen? Listen to those around us to meet them where they are, to hear them. Because we're in a world a world that's going all, everybody's going the wrong direction. There's so many directions people are heading there. What if we would listen? Because they don't all want to be going that direction. Because nobody's met them. What if we would do that? What if we would do that with God? God, we want to hear from you. We want to listen to you. I invite you to pray with me as we just take a moment to respond to God. God, we thank you so much. Once again, we say this so often, God, but you never ask us to do something you weren't willing to do. And you prove through the gospel that you were willing to meet us right where we are, God. love Love wasn't just an idea to you. Love was embodied by you on the cross. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just talk a good game. We wouldn't talk about faith and talk about loving Jesus and talk about loving people, but we would actually love people. That we would actually do the hard work that we would choose love above everything else. God, that we would meet people in the midst of their pain. God, help us to be those kind of followers. Lord, we, re- we repent right now because there's so many times where we don't do that, God. I know there's so many times that I don't do that. God, would you forgive me? But more than that, God, I, I do repent. God, I wanna turn away from that, Lord. I wanna turn toward you. Cross this room. Lord, I pray for any marriages here this morning that are struggling. For this exact reason, God, I pray that you would bring healing, bring restoration, Lord. For any homes uh, where there's just just pain and hurt, God, I pray that you would bring healing, bring newness, Lord. Father, that, that there would be action put to words, Lord, and uh, that we would look different, God. That our homes, our church would look different. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. As we continue to pray with every head bow, every eye closed, there may be someone here in the room as well as there may be someone online. And I shared about the fact that we're all a mess. And you feel like a mess. You feel like there's, there's no, no God in heaven would ever want anything to do with you. You just need to understand that couldn't be further from the truth, that he wants to meet you right now in the midst of your mess, in the midst of what you've going on. Some of you walked in this room this morning and it's been a while since you walked in the door and you've been fighting it because you just didn't feel like you should. Hear this this morning. Hear the voice of God. You cannot outrun my love. You cannot outrun my love. But you have to respond. His his love is available, but you have to respond. You have to receive that love. And if you're here this morning, you're you're with us online, and you want to respond to that love right now, with every head bow, every eye closed, I'm gonna just invite you just to say, God, I wanna respond. I wanna submit my life to you. If you that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand across the room, even where you're at right now? Uh, would you do that just as an act of faith and say, God, I wanna submit myself to you. I wanna turn my life over to you, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray with me? right here in the room as well as those online. God, we thank you so much for your love. Father, we admit that we are broken, that we are sinful, and that we need you as our Savior, God. We acknowledge that Jesus Christ died and rose again. and He's coming back again. We thank you for that. We acknowledge him as Lord, not just over all creation, but Lord over our lives. And you are our King. You are our Lord. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would make us clean. And God, we entrust our lives to you. God, we give you everything that we are. We pray that you would be glorified in us. Help us to live every day for you. Surrender to you, Jesus. Help us to be a part of a community that can, can lift us up, Lord. We thank you for that, Jesus. Be with us today, we pray. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. I'm gonna ask those in the room, would you stand with me? If you you did make a decision to follow Jesus, that is the greatest decision you could ever make. And we are just so, so excited that you've taken that step. And I, I would challenge you, faith is a journey, it isn't a destination. And it it requires us to engage. And so I would encourage you to continue to be a part of this community and and to reach out to us. There's an email that I'd love you to send, just an email to faith at zchurch.org. If you made a decision, would you do this? I I respond to these myself. I'd love the opportunity to encourage you in your faith. But as we close our time this morning, I wanna, I wanna invite us just to sing a song. We sang the song last week. We're gonna sing it again. We sang it earlier this morning. Just to be able to sing, the foundation of our love for others is always on the foundation of the, rest, the love we've received from God, amen?